Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a very special edition of The Benchmark. Yes, sir. (laughs) My internet just popped up on Zoom and said, are you playing music right now? I didn't know it does. (laughs) Weird. For the first time since we made the switch over to The Benchmark, we have all four of us here tonight, and we are going to talk about some betting odds and some fun. So I'm very excited for this episode. They hear some opinions on some really dumb things uh, said in oh. basketball. Um, we'll go ahead and go around real quick, starting with, of course, my man, Sean Mackey. How are you, bud? Wonderful. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy. The four of us together, the idea of the bench mob was to get us four. We're finally making it happen. Also here with us, Mr. Ben Brown. What's going on? Man, I am wonderful. All four of us in the same Zoom ready to do some bench mob things like we do. So I'm excited to talk uh, some of these NBA odds and old heads going crazy. I like it. I like it. And of course, joining us as the fourth, Ben, you're like Ricardo Rodriguez here. I can't do this. You got to do it. My man, my brother, my ace buku, my number one, Joshua, Odellis, Varelis, Montellus, overzealous Hayes, what's good my brother man every every time you do that i feel like i should have some type of entrance where i like to get up <laughs> i got my beats on i'm walking into the arena i'm getting ready to sit down this pod. but uh i'm happy anytime i get to be on a pod with mr mackey i'm, I'm always excited so here we um, are together again <laughs> late night shot late, late night, night shot Late night show. So we're uh, really excited about the show. As you know, if you've been listening to the last couple episodes of the Bench Mob, we did our over unders for each conference. Um, so we're kind of kind of keep that theme going as we're getting closer to this season. Today, we're going to go through the individual awards and kind of see which we think are the best values as far as the betting odds from Vegas Insider and what are the worst ones. Um, but before we get to that, we got some. Pretty interesting conversations going on in the world of basketball. So this week is the induction for the 2021 Hall of Fame class, um, which obviously has a really good class. You know, Chris Weber finally getting in the Hall of Fame is really exciting. Um, one of the names obviously getting in this week is my one of mine and Sean's very we've been very open, least favorite basketball players of all time. <laughs> Mr. Fake Wheelchair Incident himself. Dry Paul, snitch. Dry snitching. Paul Pierce. So Paul Pierce will be inducted into the Hall of Fame, which look, I can say you can say whatever you want about it. If you're going to act like he's not a Hall of Famer, especially with the basketball Hall of Fame restrictions, you are wrong because, again, may I say that Mitchell Richmond is a Hall of Famer. Whatever. Took that long for Chris Webber to get in, but Mitch Richmond's then. Okay. Um, That's the story for another time. So... Paul Pierce, as we uh, know, is like I say, he's getting the Hall of Fame. Uh, had a little controversy earlier this year, which led to Ben Brown, uh, our comrade, calling him a dry snitch, which was also our most played snippet ever I ever put on our Twitter account. <laughs> so, Ben, you hold that title. Um, yes, sir. And Paul Pierce was asked in the Sports Illustrated article about his tenure of leaving ESPN, his Instagram live video. Uh, which really, I mean, can you make the case start of the demise of the jump? Hmm, 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 hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and where they asked him, where he said, and I and his chords were that he was done with ESPN anyway. Uh, there was things he wasn't allowed to say, and he had to talk about LeBron too much. And when his agent asked if he was going to apologize, he said, "Apologize for what? Come on, I didn't do anything illegal." These mother efforts in the Hall of Fame said did cocaine, battery. What the F did I do? I was just having a good time, and all these people coming after me. 
half you mother efforts do the same shit. You just married and hiding and all you are married. Well, I'm divorced. I'm retired. I'm having fun. And if Hall of Fame voters held it against him, listen, if I didn't make it with this class, it would have been the biggest stiff job in Hall of Fame history. Yes, all of those, uh, all of those cocaine sniffers like George Mikan. <laughs> hey, oh. hey, Sean, you know George Mikan was heavy in the game, man. Don't try to act like he wouldn't. I know he was out with the, Instagram he was, parties. He was out in the strip clubs of Minnesota. <laughs> Everybody right. knew him. Yeah, don't. Don't act like big money George went out there throwing dollar bills. Don't act like that. Don't act like he wasn't in it. You know what I mean? You know, it's crazy. Is um, we were we were riding around in the car yesterday and and brought up the Paul Pierce thing and and I was telling my son I was like, you know, I was like, I kind of feel bad for Paul Pierce every now and then. I was like, people say he wasn't a Hall of Famer. I was like, you got to remember, dude got stabbed in the streets eight times and like almost died and then came back and won a championship. It's like he's got to have some type of cred. I was like, but he keeps. He keeps like discrediting him his own self in a way, man. I, I don't know. Like some he of the stuff just kept his mouth shut, right? <laughs> just, just let your legacy speak for itself, man. But you so, keep talking, and Ben, you might have gave you might have gave him the greatest nickname of all time. Hey, all I'm saying is sometimes you just got to go sit down. Like, go sit down. You do you doing too much? Just go sit down. <laughs> Like you're, you're great. You had a great career. You're an all-time Celtic. I will give you all of that credit. Kansas, great career. I'll give you all the credit in the world. Go sit down. Like you don't have to say anything else. I don't want to see hear anything about your Instagram stories. I don't want to hear about your date for LeBron. I don't want to hear that. Just go sit down. Just also go yeah, be a Hall of Famer. Go sit down. I agree with you, Ben. Now let's let's just say. You were the only person on planet Earth that had the information that during an NBA playoff game where you came off as a hero, you really just had to take a dump. And <laughs> instead of just taking that to the grave like any normal man would, he didn't sit down and shut up. He just told the whole world. Right. I think that story alone destroyed everything for him in terms of, of – you know any sort of fanfare or mystique or anything like i feel like that story was all he had and he went out and ruined it himself he didn't have to talk about it ever again yep <laughs> you yep. never have to talk about it oh yeah i just had to go to the bathroom what you don't tell right. people that don't tell anybody that that game was one of the great moments in nba history if yes. like, he kept his damn mouth shut yes <laughs> everyone would just remember it as a great moment you know, I mean, it was almost like a wrestling heel moment. He was in the wheelchair and like everything was just, it was perfect. And then he comes out with that story and he, and he talks and look, I know the Paul Pierce hate for LeBron runs super deep. Okay. I get it. I love it. I love it. I love, I love the guys that are still angry a little bit about everything LeBron has done to them. They should be because <laughs> he did everybody dirty because <laughs> he was a much better basketball player than all of them. But at a certain point, you have to agree that he was the better basketball player in every situation that you were in. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, the Celtics won one title. Congratulations. That was it. You know, you got your one title fade off in the sunset. He could have just been cool and just not talked ever again. Never would have been like one of the greatest Celtics ever. And there's a lot of them. That's what they would have said. Like he's way down on the list now. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think sometimes you just, you just got to go sit down. Like, like, like you would have been <laughs> on the list. You'd have been, you'd have been fine. Like, like just go sit down. Like, like you were there. Everybody sees you in this great light, which is fine. I don't, I don't mind that. But like the Instagram thing, the way he talked about stuff on the jump, the way he talks about himself and how the Celtics hate LeBron and how all these guys hate LeBron, even though two of the former Celtics from the big four have already played with LeBron and won rings. Yep. Like, like come on, man. Like, like, go sit down. Like, nobody wants to hear your sob stories. And Draymond is the one that put it best. Like, nobody wants your farewell story. They don't love you like that. Nobody, they don't love you like that. Like, 
you ain't Kobe. Like, you ain't Kobe. You chase that farewell tour. Do you guys remember? Do you guys remember when the 30 for 30 came out of on Bo Jackson? Yeah. And, um, inside that 30 for 30, like you had all these people coming on. They were telling all these stories about Bo Jackson that nobody believed. And they were just like, man, there was these tall tales where he ran and he jumped over, blah, blah, blah. And I seen him one time, you know, bench press, you know, blah, 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 blah. We seen him run a 4140. Like Paul Pierce could have been in that category of people telling stories about him as a Celtic, like back in the day, winning the championship, you know, coming out of the wheelchair, you know, they thought he was career injury. He comes back. He, he wilts the Celtics to victory. They go on and win a title. But like Sean said, man, he outed his own self. The fact that like his like final piece of his like legacy was his retirement ceremony game. And it was right when the Cavaliers made that giant trade where like they traded yeah. Isaiah Thomas, they traded like Dwayne Wade, Derek Rose, they traded everyone. They had brand new teammates. And they went there, they lost by like 40. And he's just sitting in the front row, just has to watch it. He did watch it. <laughs> <laughs> he had to watch that whole thing. <laughs> oh, man. It was like 70, uh, like 39 at halftime, I think. Like yeah. it was one of those. Like you had to wear it, you know? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like you feel like LeBron had something to do with that? <laughs> I'm sure he did. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I do love like when he was on all the smoke like last year, this being Paul Pierce. And he was like trying to like be like cool about LeBron now all of a sudden after like all these years of like he's not in this conversation. He's not an all top top five NBA player. He never built his own team, you know, like all that stuff. And then like he goes on all the smoke and he's like, Well, we brought out the best in each other. And like whenever we played each other, we knew it was game on. And I'm like, maybe that's true. But, like, after 10 years of just, like, doing everything you possibly can to belittle him, you can't just go back now. Like, right? yeah, it's not how this goes. No. Uh, Plus, I remember majority of those games with Paul Pierce getting his busted. (laughs) Basically, after, like, game five of the 2012 Eastern Conference Finals, which we know game six is, you know, the performance of LeBron James where he was, like, evil eye and you know that game where like he he awoke the beast uh that basically from there on paul pierce was dominated by him yes completely uh so i guess to kind of keep this narrative going which was not my intent but is still pretty funny um for those who don't know the university of memphis basketball team coached by my all-time favorite player penny hardaway uh needs to be a reality tv show this year because they have penny hardaway they have Larry Brown, former NBA champion, head college champion, head coach on their staff. He also has Imani Bates, who reclassified would have been the 2022 number one player in the country will be top four. And they have Jalen Duran, who's also a five-star recruit. Also joining this group of characters is former Portland jailblazer, Detroit bad boy, NBA champion, Rasheed Wallace. Not jailblazer, is he? <laughs> he was a jailblazer, actually. He a jail. yeah. Oh, he yeah, definitely he was, was a jailblazer. He was he's he was he was the guy, he was the he best was, player on those teams. So. Yeah, he put this uh, he had the C on his chest. Capital C jailblazer captain. Yeah. Also played one game for the Atlanta Hawks. One game. One game before the NBA made the rule where they couldn't trade a guy after he had him for 20 days, it's like 30 days or something like that. Um mm-hmm. So I guess Rasheed Wallace was recently interviewed and they asked him about, you know, the success of LeBron James and, you know, everything he's done in his career. And Rasheed Wallace, who played in the NBA from 1995 to 2013, um, played eight years in the same league as one LeBron James, said that if LeBron James played in the same era as Rasheed Wallace did, he would not have been successful. It was a different game back then. (laughs) So... First things first, what does he define as an era? Like, yeah, the worst era in basketball history is what he's defining. Yeah, first things first, hope stop smoking crack. Like, (laughs) like you guys played in the same era. Like, what? Like, you read that? You read that quote? I'm like, I'm pretty sure LeBron busted y'all's head when you was a Detroit bad boy 
where they scored the 25 straight points or whatever. Well, I'm pretty sure that team, like, like, what do you mean? Like, that's another one. I'm like, what are you talking? It doesn't even make any sense. The conversation in itself makes zero sense. Does. We're not, like, we, we, he would not have the success. Like, that, that, that just boggles my mind that you would think that con- that conversation th- that doesn't even make any sense. It's not like he played in like the you know the the early nineties and all that. Like Rashid, you guys were in the same era. Like that doesn't even make any sense. That kind of makes I, sense. The only the only thing I can think of Ben is that Wallace came in the league in ninety five, and so you got you know he was in the league a good nine or ten years before LeBron got in. And maybe he's talking about that that was an era, 95 to I don't know, 03. Uh, 03. Showed up. Yeah. So maybe he's maybe he's talking about that end of the era of, of Jordan playing and you know that early 2000s area with with uh your pacers. And you know, we talked about that whole thing about the mouse in the palace. I don't know if he's talking about that it was a different era, but I mean it kind of was all the same. If I remember correctly, I mean. Like from '95 to whatever he got with oh, he didn't win crap any either. So like, what's he? Like, <laughs> yeah, he was he was he was about? on the Portland Trailblazers, who weren't weren't a good team at that era. They were in a rebuilding era. That's why he was there. Right, he was drafted there. So like you know, um, those those late years, those late '90s teams with the Portland Trailblazers were nothing to really write home about uh, no. at all. I mean, they had you know the ghosts of, you know, Portland Trailblazers passed on there. I think like Clifford Robinson may have still been holding on for a little while. Yeah. And that was a couple of years they had Scotty. Yeah. Well, that was, that was, that was in uh, that was... 2000, I think. Or yeah. It was, cause yeah. Cause he went to, he went to the Rockets after the Bulls for a season or two. I was, yeah. Like, was Terry, like Terry Porter still there. Terry Porter, I think was still there. He might've been um, still on that team. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a transitional era, but if he's talking about the late '90s, if he's talking about the the late Jordan era, yeah, there were a lot of good teams, a lot of tough teams during that era. So if he's talking about that, I still think LeBron could have played in that era, right? You know? And he's he talking could, about it, and, it, and he's talking about a. 40- and it's like you suck during that era. So what is? It? <laughs> right, I'm like, I'm like, that's a like '95 to '99, like, like, that's a four year stretch and that's the end of the Jordan era. So you're telling me that you don't think that he could have played at the end of the Jordan era and the beginning of his own era? Like, you giving him, like, a five or four or five-year window? Like, I, I don't know. Like, it, it, just, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And on top of that, like, would people please stop telling you that LeBron would, couldn't play? LeBron can play you. any basketball era he wants to. You could put him in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Like, it doesn't matter what. Like, 68260 can play wherever he wants with that. Oh, that's right. I don't think that's people right. realize this. Like, LeBron James and Carl Malone are the same size. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to compare him to somebody, like, he's Carl Malone is probably a good comparison of his body style and how he's Carl Malone with handles and athleticism. Right. <laughs> So this is, I, I really appreciate what Ben said here because I really hate this whole thing where we do this, like, I understand comparing eras. Like, you know, we've talked about this many times. Like, I, I understand why people have the debate of who's the greatest player of all time. I get it. I think it's stupid, but I get it. Mm-hmm. But the whole, like, this guy couldn't play in this era thing is so stupid. Like, yes, guys, if Michael Jordan played in 2020, he would still be incredible. If LeBron James played in 1991, he'd be incredible. If Magic Johnson was playing and he just got drafted last year, he'd still be the best point guard in the world in this era. Like, if you want to give me like, you want to give me like Horace Grant couldn't play in today's NBA? Sure. But that's a totally different status of like guys. Like, you know, so like the whole, like, I just, I hate that so much. I think it's the dumbest thing. Like the, well, you know, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar couldn't bang with Giannis. I'm like, yes, he could. And he would. (laughs) <laughs> right. Like, uh, I'm I mean, with Kareem, you, Kareem would still be skyhooking the death out of people right now. Yeah. Because you can't, there's no, there's no move to guard that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Especially I'm with if you. you're a true 7 2. Right. Yeah. I'm 7 with 4 you. with an afro. Right. 
But no, I'm with you, Tim, on that. Or like, I hate when when that happens. Like, well, I don't. I, I mean, you're trying to tell me that 50 of the greatest play play in any era. Like, I I don't know. It, it just boggles my mind, especially a guy like LeBron. Like, what else is Love to do to show you that? Yeah, he can play in any era he wanted to, just like Michael Jordan, just like Magic Johnson, just like Larry Bird, just like Charles Barkley. All these guys are great because they're great, not because they couldn't play in a certain era. Like, well, I shared what? a I shared a um, a meme the other the other day about uh, Ray Allen talking about Reggie Miller and how he learned how to play his game was based off of watching Reggie Miller and how he played. I'm like, I don't think people realize like Reggie Miller would be a straight killer in this era right now. Oh yeah, like, oh I know, yeah. I know that. I know that. You know, he might be a top five be, player in this era. Yeah, he would be a top five. All star games, you know, because well, he was playing behind Michael Jordan, but like. He was Steph Curry before Steph Curry was Steph Curry. All that running around, using screens, and oh, getting yeah. himself open. Moved so and, well without the ball. Yep. I'm like, yep. definitely would be a high 20, you know, high 20 point per game guy in this league because he'd be able to shoot at will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, I do want to go back really quick, and I don't, I hate backtracking, but I, I looked on a uh, land of basketball because i had to see for myself comparison between lebron james and paul pierce so uh, well throw it at me. i'll say this games one lebron is 135 paul pierce is 134 uh averages lebron when he played paul pierce 29.2 7.4 six point or six assists 1.8 steals paul pierce 18.8 5.3 rebounds, 3.4 assists. Highest point total. Actually, Paul Pierce has him on this. Paul Pierce had a 50-point game versus LeBron. LeBron's had a 49-point game. But LeBron has him beaten rebounds 19, assists 13, and steals 5. Here's where it gets crazy. Games with better stats than the other player when they played one another. LeBron has 56 better statistical games to Paul Pierce's 12. He's got 46 better percentage rebound games, 48 better assist games, and 40 better steal games. Both had one game where they tied in stats, tied at four games where they tied in rebounds, and nine games where they tied in assists. Absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. But Paul Pierce is still a dry snitch. Yeah, he's still a dry snitch. <laughs> Doesn't change facts. He's a dry snitch. And he dry snitch on himself about the wheelchair. Ben, I actually want you to do his Hall of Fame enshrinement speech. <laughs> so instead of him being called, oh, instead of him oh. being called the truth, I want dry snitch going in with him. Oh yeah, AKA dry snitch. I like it. I like it. That's, that's exactly where he'd be. So let's go ahead and move to our, our big segment tonight. Um, so like I said, you know, if you've been following along, we've been kind of getting you ready for the le- this season with uh, your best betting odds. We did our over-unders um, and things like that. So this is going to be kind of a little different. This is about the individual awards. We're not necessarily picking who we think are going to win the awards. We're looking at these guys' values and who we think has the best value for what's available. We took a top 10 from each position. This is from VegasInsider.com, one of my – I'm sorry, this is actually, I took this from sportsbettingdime.com, one of my favorite gambling websites. Not that I gamble, because I don't want to get divorced. Already. Not for the kids, not for the kids. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but this is, you know, for those who don't know how this works, odds calculator kids kind of gives us some stuff here. So in this circumstance, if a guy's odd is plus 350, you bet $100, you're basically winning 450 bucks if that person wins. So uh, let's go ahead and start with Defensive Player of the Year. These are your top 10 and their odds. Um, so currently the bet, the betting favorite for 2021-2022 is Rudy Gobert at minus 340. And you have Ben Simmons at plus 350. Anthony Davis at plus 700. Giannis and Joel Embiid both at plus 900. Miles Turner at plus 1100. Bam Adebayo at plus 1400. Drew Holiday at plus 1500. And at plus 1600, you have Matisse Tybel and Draymond Green. So of those guys, who do you think is the best betting odds where you're like, I feel comfortable making that bet. think I can make some cash on that. 
Uh, well, I mean, if it's not going to be Rudy Gobert, um, gosh, I I kind of like the way he ended his season defensively. I kind of like Drew Holiday. Ooh, yeah. I mean, he he by far he was the best defensive guard uh, in the playoffs, and, and the way he kind of ended his season, man, I wouldn't be surprised if he's up there for defensive player of the year. So what Ben is saying is that if you put a hundred dollars on Drew Holloway on plus fifteen hundred, you get a sixteen hundred dollar payout. Yes, sir. Nice. Very Susie, nice. come get this money. Yes, so I'd take Bam, honestly. Um I think the Miami Heat are gonna have a great year this year. Like I really, really do think they're gonna have a great year. I think he's another one. I think he he's an all-star, he's an all-star you know, basketball player at this point, but I just, I feel like we haven't seen the best of Bam yet. And I think this year when you got Kyle Lowry out there, I think, I think it's going to elevate the whole entire team. So I would take him, but honestly, I think, I think Ben's right. I think Rue Holiday's the the guy on here. If you want to, if you want to make that move, he was so incredible in the playoffs last year. He made some of the, the series defining plays towards the end. So Uh Yeah, I um, I don't know if this really counts because it's not technically the NBA, but I feel like he was the he was the one that changed the the course of how yeah. Team USA were playing in the Olympics. Agreed. Um, yep. Yeah. Watched him on wrong. the floor. Man, he was all over the place. He took on the best guard. I mean, or the best player. You know, that was a ball handler, and he just pretty much was like, "I'm going to go out there and do what I do." You know, with, with them being able to be a little bit more aggressive on in international play, man, it, it showed. I mean, he was definitely one of the better players on the floor for us when he was out there. Um, I don't like I don't like where Ben Simmons sits because I don't know where he's going to be playing at. Um, I'm not sure about Anthony Davis because he can't stay healthy. Um, <laughs> same thing with Joel Embiid. So um, I will tell you this. I don't understand why Draymond Green is sitting at plus 1,600. Um, out of everybody on this list other than Drew Holiday, I really felt like overall Draymond Green probably had the best defensive uh, case to win Defensive Player of the Year, which he did not last year. And if he turns at any type of performance in next year like he did this year, I think that he has a chance to win it. So that's who I'm going with. I'm going with the guy sitting down at the bottom. I, uh, all right. I know this is going to be a very homer of me, but I think that Anthony Davis odds are solid strictly because someone in that starting five is going to have to play defense. (laughs) Actually, actually, Tim, no, they won't. (laughs) No, they won't. Yeah, you're right. No one has to do anything. I'm not, I'm, I'm all down on Anthony Anthony Davis on on staying healthy at this point in his career. I feel like anytime I, I put any stock in that guy, he he lets me down. So I'm I'm off the AD train completely. <laughs> I uh it's over. I'll say this: if I had like six hundred bucks, I would probably put it on the Anthony Davis odds, the Miles Turner odds, and I would throw Matisse Thybul as a dark horse because once Ben Simmons is not a sixer anymore. Yeah. So one of that team's going to have to pick up the slack on the perimeter. And Matisse is a really good defender. I mean, he led the country in steals his one year in college ball. So I, I like Matisse Tabo a lot. Um, and having Joel and B behind him certainly doesn't hurt that either. So um, you guys know how high I am on Joel and beat. I just want a full healthy year out of him. I feel like he's going to be insane this year. I feel like this is going to be that year. He's like an MVP candidate. Also like he's going to have this Giannis here. I don't know if he's going to win a title. I don't think he's going to win a title by any means, but right. I think he's going to have one of those regular seasons where he just goes wild. We talking about Embiid? Yep. Yes. Oh, yeah. He had a fantastic season last year. Yeah. Yeah. I I just, I I feel like there's something, there's going to be something that happens. So, I mean, he played through a ridiculous injury towards the end there. I mean, I I don't even think he should have been out there, but he was still putting in some great numbers. Uh, And I think, I think he's one of those guys who took so much flack for being hurt, you know, for two two plus years before he actually started his NBA career. So, but a big guy with a lot of foot problems, things of that nature. I don't really trust it at that point. 
Um, he's getting up there a little bit, and he's going to have to put a lot on his on his shoulders this year, especially with Ben Simmons not going to be in the picture unless they get you know Dame for him or something. Yeah, you're right, man. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So let's go ahead and now go to the sixth man of the year candidates. Um, Jordan Clarkson, who won last year, is the insurmountable favorites at plus 500. Uh, plus 1,200, you have Kevin Herter and Joe Ingles. Kevin Herter, obviously part of the Hawks, who made a big step last year. Joe Ingles, also a member of the Utah Jazz. Uh, 1,500, you have Tyrese Halliburton and Goran Dragic, who technically right now is still a Toronto Raptor, but the reports expect that he will not be at some point. Uh, Kobe White of uh, our beloved Chicago Bulls at a plus 1,600. Plus 1,800, you have Derek Rose and Terrence Ross. Bobby Portis at plus 1,900, and Jalen Brunson at plus 2,000. I kind of like the Bobby Portis odds because people are really feeling BP right now after that championship. He just re-signed back with the Bucs. Uh, he was on an interview today with Shams, just talking about how excited he was to be back and how much you know the city of Milwaukee showed him some love. Everyone's going to be paying attention to the Bucs this year to see if they can do it again, going against the Nets in the Eastern Conference. So I would be, I would feel comfortable putting about 50 bucks on Bobby Portis when, you know, make, try to make a little cash that way. Bobby Portis. BP. <laughs> Good old BP. Um, I'm trying to, I, I honestly, I honestly, um, I, I, God, I, this is going to sound weird, but I like Kevin Herter. Mm, yeah. uh, I like him too. I think, I think the Hawks team is going to be good. And I think he is a, a really a big part of what they do come off the bench. I, I, I like him. Um, I think he'll, I think he'll be right there. Um, and Kobe White too, man. If Kobe White has a good year, off the bench with that Bulls team with the, withdrawals roster, like that's only going to increase how good you guys are going to be. Um, but I do see Kobe White having a big year as well. I like Derrick Rose. Think he's got one, you think he's got another another good year left in him? Absolutely, absolutely, man. You throw a little Tibbs dust on him, he's gonna. Be, <laughs> he's gonna, he's Tibbs gonna, dust. He's gonna be. Uh, he's gonna be all right. He, I think. Uh, I think. Uh, Tibbs dust. That's that's what us Bulls fans thing. called it, man. That Nate Robinson got Tibbs dusted one season. <laughs> DJ Augustine uh, one year. DJ Augustine and uh, John uh, John. What was his name? John, John Lucas. John Lucas the third or whatever. Yeah, he was another one who who literally. At, I think like five feet 11 took out LeBron one game, <laughs> like literally like dropped like 30 points on LeBron to a point where like, he was like, they, he was having to guard him because it, the game was so ridiculous. So uh, Tibbs has got some Tibbs dust left in him for, for uh, Derek Rose. I think Derek Rose uh, this year, he's going to be coming off the bench. I feel like Derek Rose needs to be motivated by something. And I think a couple of years ago, we talked about being sixth man. I think this year he has a real shot at it uh, with the Knicks. Um, and uh, it's one of the few, you know, uh, things he hasn't won. He hasn't won a title either, but um, it would be really interesting to see him try to go for that this year and everything. I just think that his relationship with Tom Thibodeau is one of the few um, like long lasting, like player coach relationships ever. They both really trust each other. Um, and I think uh, I think he's going to go out there and try to put on a show this year. That freaking Tibbs dust! I, I'm gonna get a bottle of that stuff. <laughs> Tibbs dust. I, I think it's hard to 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 go with any guy when you put a guy in a six man a year because through injuries and stuff like that, you never know like how a guy's gonna his his season's gonna go where they might just be inserted into the starting lineup and then they just start for the rest of the year. So. I'm going to go way down yeah. the list on to a guy that's not even on here because I just like to play devil's advocate sometimes. And I'm going to go with Cameron Payne from Phoenix. And oh. the reason being is that we talked last week, and I just, I just have this feeling that they're going to try to preserve Paul so much to try to get him back to the playoffs and healthy that someone else is going to have to step up. And I, I, I thought Cameron jo uh, Payne did a phenomenal job stepping in when Chris Paul was hurt and kind of running the offense, and he was like a little spark plug. So if I had to bet money, I'm betting on Jordan Clarkson. 
Now, I, I just that's his role with Utah. That's what he does. He's going to come off the bench. But if I had to pick a dark horse, I'm going campaign. All right. I don't have his odds in front of me, but I would imagine they're probably in that 2200 area. Plus 2000. It might be, man. But, you know, I was really mad that you came up with that point because it was a great point and I didn't think of it. Um, <laughs> so, it is a good one. I like that. Yeah. When you came up with that last week, I was pissed at you, but it was also very accurate. <laughs> hey, Chris Paul's going to be on that Kawhi Leonard plan, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> is he going to be in Drake music videos? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. By the way, Certified Lover Boy. Very solid. Big fan. Oh. Really liked it. Really liked it. Need to give that one a listen. Everyone's talking about it. Yeah. Hey, I'm just letting you guys know that that Kanye West Donda. Not so great. The best song, the best song of the whole album was left off of it. And if yeah. you go listen back to that song with him and Andre. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. So that brings us to rookie of the year odds. Uh, we're going to rookie of the year, coach of the year, and finish with MVP. And Look, this is kind of like such an open race. I know Kate Cunningham's obviously the favorite at plus 210. Jalen Green's right behind him at plus 270 because he's going to get a ton of shots. Um, plus 650 of Evan Mobley and Jalen Suggs. Scotty Barnes at plus 1300. That's crazy high. Like, I would have thought he'd been like that 800 area. Um, Alperin Sanguine, 1400. Davion Mitchell, 1600. Josh Giddy at 2300. Don't even bother. Uh, Franz Wagner and James Booknight, 2,500. And at 3,400, Jonathan Kuminga and Jalen Johnson. I think Scotty Barnes has got some good value there at plus 1,300. He's going to be on a Raptors team that's definitely moving on. Um, he still does for the time being have Pascal Siakam there with him. Um, they're not terrible. I mean, you could definitely make a case they can, they're going to compete for a play-in spot. And I think he's terrific. I, you know, you're seeing these Florida State long wings come in and be successful. You know, Patrick Williams, prime example. Um, but I think that's really good odds for him. Obviously, everyone knows I'm going to give props to Evan Mobley like I do every chance I get. So I was, I was going to make it a little bit more not obvious this time. And I'll say uh, I like those Scotty Barnes odds. Uh, um, I'm going to go with another guy who's going to get a whole lot of shots up because our team is going to be bad but I think he'll be decent. Uh, I'm going to go, if I had to bet, I'm going to go Jalen Sun. Yeah. Um, because our team is going to be awful. And two, he's going to get a heck of a lot of opportunities to score big points. So um, not because I don't like Cade Cunningham or Green or Ridley or Barnes. I just think that Jalen Suggs is going to get a whole a lot of opportunities to score the basketball because we already talked about how bad the magic are going to be. Um, so uh, I, I, if I had money, if I was going to do betting odds, I'd go Jalen Suggs. I'm uh, since I watched pretty much the equivalent of zero college basketball last year. Um, and, and what I'm going off is pure statistics and highlight videos and everything else. I'm going with Evan Mobley on this. Um, I think for a team that I've flat out said is going to suck, they will suck. They're one of the suckiest teams in the NBA. <laughs> They're in the armpit of America. You don't believe in sex land? So sure. I, no, I don't believe in sex land at all. Sure. Um, but, uh, Evan Mobley, I think with, with Jared Allen on this team to be able to do some dirty work, um, going to be starting with you. I, I, I think he's going to have a lot of room to operate in terms of offense. And usually the guy who wins this award is going to be the guy who's like the top scoring, you know, uh, player. And uh, I just, I don't know. I just feel like from what I've seen of him, uh, I mean, he's out there. He's, he runs the court like a deer, <laughs> you know, for a, for a big guy. I, I just, I, he just seems like he's going to really, really dominate some, some, some really, He's gonna, I mean, they're going to lose, but I mean, he's going to have some really, really good games. And if you got somebody, you know, rebounding the ball and providing some defense and you don't have to, you know, provide that necessarily every night and you're not going to because you're Cleveland, um, you know, I think he's going to do it. So that's, I'm going with him. I know he's, he's high up on the odds list, but I, I really do think he probably, you know, I think it's going to be him or Kate Cunningham. Yeah, I was originally going to go with Jalen Green. Um, but I think that uh, Kevin Porter Jr. is going to try to make Houston his team. 
somehow. And he just seems like the kind of guy that is going to go in and try to be this. I can volume shoot. I can put up 30 a night, um, which is going to push Jalen Green to the back a little bit. Um, I like Mobley a lot, Sean. I just think that there's some bigs in, in Cleveland that are going to get a lot of playing time in front of him. It's going to kind of cut him a little bit. And I originally was going to go with what Tim said and said Scotty Barnes because I feel like the Raptors are trying to move on and they're trying to move everybody. And he's not going to have a choice but to step in and be big. But um, I think after those first five guys, I don't think that there's anybody that you can pick. I, I, I'd be really shocked if somebody outside of those top five won rookie of the year. But um, I would go with – I think I would go with Jalen Suggs as well, too, because of how bad Orlando is going to be. So bad. <laughs> they probably will i mean they probably will be in the top three next year in the lottery like they are just, it's gonna be that kind of team he's gonna get a ton of opportunities like ben said and also like he is competitive as hell like he will like if they're down like 26 points in the fourth quarter like they will be on a wednesday night most nights he's still gonna act like they're up 26 in the fourth quarter like i love that dog in him um so yeah i agree i think he's just gonna be tremendous for this team he's a great cornerstone to build your franchise around so i'm excited about his future um let's talk a little coach of the year odds and i'll tell you i don't care about this i don't know i want to but coach of the year never excites me i've never been like hell yeah that guy won coach of the year has anyone actually Mm -mm. when it was my team yeah yeah so (laughs) right now the betting favorite is steve nash at plus 850 Eric Spolsha plus 900, Billy Donovan at plus 1,000, Quinn Snyder and Steve Kerr at 1,100, Monty Williams at 1,200, Frank Vogel and Nate McMillan at 1,400, Mike Malone at 1,600, Ime Yudoka and Jason Kidd at plus 1,800, Ty Lue and James Borrego plus 2,000. Uh, three of us should put our money together and go Billy D. Yep, that's what I'm taking. I love those odds. I like the Bulls offseason, as you know. Um, they're not going to be able to stop anybody. So they're going to have to score a lot every night. So people are going to look at that like, damn, look at the jump they made in scoring. Put your money on Billy Donovan. Billy, huh? All right. I kind of, I kind of like a a comeback tour of Steve Kerr this year. I think. uh, Yeah. I was going to say Steve Kerr too, but I'm a little nervous because um, because they're expected to do well because of all their pieces coming back. So are they going to just slight him because, oh, well, you got Clay Thompson back and you got Steph and you got – so sometimes, you know, the media acts stupid like that. But That's true. I, I was going to say Steve Kerr. I mean, if anything, they should have praised him last year just for getting him in a in the spot to play to get into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, he, did a, he did a great job. He didn't give up. A lot of coaches give up on teams. Yep, um, yep if they're in a really bad situation and, I, and Steve Kerr is a very competitive guy um, and Steph just had just phenomenal year last year. Just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I was with you. I, I was going to go Steve Kerr and then my second one was going to be Billy Donovan, but I would do either. I would take either one of them. Um, I think, I think Billy Donovan, um, He'll do. He's going to do a great job. That roster's phenomenal, um, and they're you know they're team. They're going to be a team to beat. I would have been excited if Monty Williams would have won Coach of the Year last year because I thought he actually deserved it. Yeah, absolutely. He was great. Who did get it? Was it Tibbs? Tibbs. That's right. Yeah. Again. Sprinkle that Tibbs dust. Never have I been like, man. I'm so glad Frank Vogel got Coach of the Year for the Lakers. Never did. I think Ty Lue is a little of an underrated bet, though. I might put, I might have, if I had the money and we were in a legal state, we could, might put a little money on Ty Lue because if they are like a five seed without Kawhi Leonard, he's going to get recognized. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. All right. Last, last one is our MVP odds. This again is from sportsbettingdime.com. As everyone expects for the second year in a row, the betting favorite is Luka Doncic at a plus 440. I actually like those odds. Joel Embiid and Kevin Durant, both sitting at plus 750. Giannis and Steph Curry at plus 850. Damian Lillard at plus 1,200. 
LeBron James at plus 1,400. Nikola Jokic, the defending MVP, at a plus 1,600. That's crazy to me. Uh, Trey Young at plus 2,100. James Harden at plus 2,300. And then Devin Booker at plus 2,800. So I'm going to go and cancel out LeBron just because I feel like people are done giving him MVPs. Um, and I don't know if Giannis is going to get another one, though. People might be liking him again because he just got finals MVP. So I think the Steph Curry odds are tremendous. You know, I've told you guys already on this show many times, I suspect the Warriors will be a top three team in the West. He's getting Clay Thompson back. I think James Wiseman takes a step forward. They're building a bench to help him out to get some points. Um, and Curry building off of what he did last year where he was like, you know, 44%, I think, from three. He hasn't won an MVP in about seven years, so he's due to get another one. I really like those Curry odds. Yeah. Um, I think Kevin Durant and James Harden will cancel each other out because I think that people are going to be like, well, you guys are on the team. That's not you – know, I don't think that they'll garner a whole lot of votes. Um, I think I said – when we did our team breakdown, get there in the MVP talks. Um, I, I, I really like. I mean, his odds are crazy, but I really like. I like that team, and I like his role is on that team. Um, so I'm going to take the long shot. I think I am going to go with Devin Booker, um, just because I I like their team. I like their. Um, I like how they got so close. They still brought, brought everybody back. And I think that Booker is going to be on a mission um, because I don't think he closed the way he wanted to close out last year. So um, I would take, I'm going to take the long shot, um, Devin Booker, um, even though I do think, you know, I think Luke is probably the odds on favorite because, I mean, he's just phenomenal. But Booker's my dark horse. Ben Brown looking for that big money bet, that plus twenty eight hundred. He's trying to make fire. He's trying to make those bands. Okay, hey, I'm trying to. <laughs> he's getting those stacks. Hey, I'm trying to. You know what I mean? He's trying to get it done. The bench mile to make us go global. I know. Hey, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm trying to reinvest, diversify my bonds. Oh. You know what I mean? <laughs> my bond. Bonk, bonk. <laughs> tank financial. <laughs> Blue Tank Financial, you know what I mean? Bonk, bonk. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to roll with, I, I know Ben brought up a good point about, about KD and Harden canceling each other out and everything. And I, I part of me believes that, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like Kevin Durant is going to be the best player on the best team this year. Um, and I feel like that's usually the guy who ends up winning this. And I th- feel like or the person who carries a team, you know, to like a number one record, like a Derrick Rose type fella. But um, I, I really think that Kevin Durant is out to prove something this year. And I think he, I think he's got a chip on his shoulder and I think he is going to just utterly go out there and just destroy opponents this year. I think he is going to embarrass people. I know he's going to try to wear a size 17 shoe next year instead of an eight. <laughs> Accurate. Um, I don't know, Tim. I like, I feel like uh, you and I are just going to say the same thing all night, but I'm going Steph Curry all day. I feel like Steph Curry was arguably the best player in the league last year. He was. And, you know, if they get a four seed or a five seed, he wins the MVP. So, I think having other players on the court to help him out is just going to make it even worse. We, I, we might arguably, if he stays healthy, we might arguably see the greatest season that he's ever put up next year. That's what I'm going with. Well, we know too, he's going to, obviously, this is going to be the year he passes uh, Ray Allen for most three-point field goals made. Oh, he's going to crush it by like yeah. 25. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be that, long. That's crazy that he's already there. Insane. That is crazy. Yeah. How many does he need? I think he's like only like 138 or something behind. It's pretty oh, yeah. close. Yeah. He stays healthy. He's going to get that this season. I told he you. Might. He's going to get that in like 30 games. He might have it by Thanksgiving. Yeah. 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 He might. So 
yeah, man, it's it's just wild. Um, but it's you know, it goes back to what we say, like enjoy while you can. It's a blessing to be able to watch him play watch these guys play basketball. And the yeah. fact that we have arguably the greatest of all time while playing with another guy who is becoming a top five player in front of our eyes and also the greatest shooter of all time all in the league at the same time, like enjoy it. There's Fun nice. fact, since he's going for that record, they said Curry can go over his next 500. On They'll have a better three point percentage than Ray Allen. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Unbelievable. That's an unbelievable to- stat. You try to think about like who can come close to it that's like in the league currently. And I just, I don't feel like anyone can. Like, I know Lillard shoots 40% from three and he's tremendous, but I, I can't see him doing it. Clay Thompson's obviously been battling injuries. So I don't know if he can catch up. Trey uh, Young. Dude, he shoots 35% from three. Let's calm down. Like, <laughs> I just, I just oh, want man. to Got, gotta throw some ball. ice on Trey Young. I say, I say the game. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, I'll throw some cold water on him, Tim. (laughs) Yeah, so maybe I think this has been fun kind of doing this, kind of getting an idea. I'm learning this whole betting thing and like how people do it. So hopefully you guys have enjoyed this too. Uh, I got to find like my favorite NBA prop bets, you know, like coach first to get fired. What are those odds and stuff like that? I bet that'd be fun. That's Uh, a fun one. Yeah. So we're going to go and wrap up this week's edition of the Bench Mob. Uh, Thank you all again for everything and tuning in. I uh, do have a fun announcement here. Um, so those of us who have been, we got a couple questions from some peeps. Um, you know, will we be bringing at large bid back for the next season? And we have discussed this with Mr. TB himself. We will be back next week, actually. Um, so next week we'll have at large bid back. We're going to be doing our conference previews to start. And we're starting with the ACC, which I don't know if you've heard, North Carolina has a new coach. Duke's coach is in his last year and Louisville's coach is suspended for six games. So where better to start? So <laughs> going to be a fun conference to discuss. I'm obviously really stoked to be going to talk some college basketball again as we're getting closer to the year. So also 2K is out later this week. So maybe Sean and I will get our quick 30 minute yearly episode up of our 2K recap show after he beats me by 30 in a few games online. <laughs> um, so we'll see there. Um, but for the bench mob, for Ben, for Sean. For <laughs> this was an absolute blast, guys. Thank you all for everything. It was a lot of fun. Hope everyone enjoyed it. If you're listening to us on your podcast subscriber of choice, please give us a, a nice subscription and a nice review. It goes a long way for us. Have a good night, and we'll talk soon. <laughs>